gonna work. Yeah, because um, switching right, switching in the middle of recording, I think it uh, it messed with the system. Yeah, a little bit. You never you could you hear me when you were um could you like did you hear me when when you disconnected earlier? Yeah, I heard you, but you couldn't you couldn't say anything. No, I and I plugged back in the headphones too, and it didn't come back. So <laughs> I was like, ah, okay, gotta end it and then come back. Oh man, technical difficulties. You gotta love it. That was, it was pretty funny. funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is the first episode of Keys to the Grid, KTTG. I am your host. Dom and I go by Dom. And uh, this is. And I'm Ace God. I also go by Nick. So, Dom, what do you do in, in your field? And let's talk a little bit about that. All right. So, um, in my field, I am a creative director, which, you know, pretty much covers like everything pertaining to. You know, arts. You know, you're you're just like a Swiss, more like a Swiss Army knife, and in, in situations where, you know, you might come short, um, on a project with a certain member of a team, you can pick up the slack because you're more like a well-rounded individual, in that field. You know, so I I, I do like a lot of um, graphic designs. Um, is it? We do a lot. I do a lot of graphic designs, um, photography, videography, edits. Um, I do some, you know, have some experience in audio engineering and, um, you know, songwriting. I'm just a overall, so you know, writing in general, like that's a passion of mine, and you know, I'm very good at it. It seems so. I do add it to the resume. And, and you know, as a, as a work in progress, and for a couple of months to come, there will be um, updates to that resume as time progresses. But there's things that I'm good at and sharp at, but I don't um, openly announce until the time and the time is set. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. timing is right. So, in addition to all of that, I'm also uh, I'm very good at um, VFX, VFX, and you know, stuff like that. You know, just a resourceful individual, like I said, Swiss Army knife. Yeah, and then compared to me, I am the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> because that you door. know what you know what I do. I'm basically a producer, so and you know me. I make a whole bunch of different beats. I make trap beats, lo-fi beats, dancehall and soulful beats. And you know when I make my trap beats, I'm just go hard as possible. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, knowing a, a lot about beats is is a very, um, I think, is a very skill, a very good skill, and a very um, tough skill to gain. Because, like, from a personal experience, I always struggle with crossing genres. Not because, like, you know, when you just mess around with keys and you just come up with something by accident. I think when you you know you're good at something, you could purposefully enter into a software and knowing okay today i'm making a soca beat and or today i'm making a hip-hop beat and you end up having a certain sound you know that sometimes like when you were a rookie it's like wherever the wind takes you but as you progress into like knowing what you're doing it becomes um like all right i know exactly where it's going i know exactly where it ends i know exactly what i want and how it I want it to sound, mix everything, you know, and, and you can even customize to a certain vocals, I guess, if you want to um, a person do some rap and then they send the rap to you and they send it, maybe they did it on a metronome and then you can like customize the beat to their liking, your liking, whoever it suits, you know, best or whatever it suits best the situation. And I think that's a very unique skill because I struggle personally to, create anything that is Caribbean music because it's so unique. It's so unique and given that, you know, I'm of a Caribbean culture, it don't mean that I can replicate it. I know what it sounds like. I can I can write music to a Caribbean instrumental based on, you know, obtaining um 
language, you know, like from, you know, learning, learning the language, being of the culture, learning the language and accent, and you could create, conjure up styles, but to replicate or to even make a beat from scratch in that genre is a very tough one, I believe. Yeah. And the funny thing is too, like when I first started out making out beats, I was, uh, in the beginning, I was a sound engineer. Yeah. So right back from home, well, you know, when I was back in St. Vincent, you know, I had someone mentor, I had someone mentoring me. I had one sound engineer that my that was for my uncle, and he mentored me and taught me how to mix and master. And then when I came up to Canada, it was completely different. Like I had to go out and find someone right. to to mentor me again, and then from that. That was in middle school. So then after that, I went to high school with sound engineering. And then in high school, I must have been like grade nine when, when I first started out. And then I met my friend, Michael, who introduced me to making beats. And I started, and exactly as you said, like when you start out as a rookie, you just go with whatever comes to your mind or whatever you could think of or you just mash a whole bunch of keys together right and you think it sounds good but reality it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> the cringe worthy days the days when everybody cringe on their own project and then everybody looks at you as like what the hell does this guy make <laughs> that's uh, the first step cringe i believe there's steps to it you know and then it, you know, it becomes good when you start to wow yourself. And one of the things I can say from a, you know, personal perspective is that um, you wow yourself once. And the thing that you wow yourself about the first time becomes a meh situation on the second time. Like, eh, it wasn't that serious. But then it's a part of the reward system, you know, the dopamine and all of that, you know. It's good to keep you motivated the learning steps because you know to an expert your your progress is minimal minuscule but for you you've seen a journey from your mistakes to where you're currently at yeah and that's a funny thing too right like like it's funny my journey's been really funny up till now yeah. like you you know a little bits and pieces of it and then it's just been a really interesting journey. And for you, I bet it's been the same too. Because you're also older than me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, not to me. Uh, don't even remind me. <laughs> I'll be thinking about insurance before you, like life insurance and stuff like that. But, <laughs> you know, it, it's good to, I guess, see around the corner before somebody and then be able to tell them, you know, hey, there's three sharp turns ahead of you. But you know, growing older, I guess, you know, being older than a few people around you in, in a circles, it's, it used to be a scary thought, you know, thinking you're here head first, you're like front line into whatever that's coming at age, you know what I mean? Like in age. And I think just, just like being able to move forward with confidence and know that your mistakes, you can teach somebody from is a certain level of reassurance to that. Yeah, that's that's true. And then you're also from New York too, and I'm from Canada. You're down in which part of New York again? I'm <laughs> um, in the Bronx, Bronx, New York. So for all the people that are from the Bronx listening, you already know. Shout outs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's the call right there. That's the BX call. Yeah, I've been getting it from Dion all the time, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. But you know what's so funny? I don't know if Canada have a call like that. <laughs> bro, not even. Like, I'm from Brampton, bro. And basically every Toronto slang that's from Toronto goes to Brampton. And it's like, there's nothing different, bro. Like, the slang has little differences. Yeah. But, yo, it's just like, there's nothing like that. It's just... Well, you know how I am with you. I just call I just call you whatever I feel like that's in my head at the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> well, you know, it's so funny is that um, 
you know, you, you're comfortable, whatever you're comfortable, as long as, you know, with folks these days, you, you got to be cautious. But when you know somebody, it's a whole different story. Hey, what up? Just, you know, whatever name comes to mind, you know, oh, and yeah. we just rock with it. That's how you know the connect is good. True. As a, <laughs> but like, I know we wanted to get on something today. I don't know. I know we wanted to talk a little bit about like, you know, COVID and how it affected not only everybody in total but our industries specifically too yeah so with covid how do you think everyone i know a lot of people have talked about this too but for everyone that's going through right now like what do you think is going to happen in the next couple years Uh, first of all i guess we should say um it wouldn't be a show you know without talking about covid in the middle of covid central you know i mean like we're I'm in New York City. That's where like shit was really crazy, and to look at you know how it hits everywhere else that wasn't having the effects of it in the beginning stages, you know, it's kind of a surprise, and kind of it wasn't because like they were the most isolated locations at the time, and eventually some people would you know leak back into that population and spread it if it wasn't an immunity issue well you know and then as far as medical aspects of it, i have no idea how this thing works but i do want to say um for all the people that are listening it doesn't matter if it's conspiracy or if it's a real virus why would you want to not be protected against both if it was made in a lab or if it was a real virus protect yourself either way why is there a resistance to mask it's still dangerous to anybody and i'm just saying that from experience because i've lost like two people to that virus and and, you know possibly who knows maybe there are more people that i am unaware of i have no idea yet you know this is how the, the, the the way of the world is in 2020 um you just gotta make phone calls and check in with people as soon as they come to mind um, and see what's up basically yeah as soon as you remember them because like the reality of the situation is we're people from the creative industry so we know a lot of people we know a lot of people yeah. and it's going to be almost impossible to check in with everybody um i sometimes see people that i go to school with just passing me on instagram like oh people you may know you know follow them and i'm like oh i didn't follow this person before but you know you're so caught up on whatever you're doing like right now i'm in the you know nine thousands and i think i can't focus on all those numbers you know what i mean i just have to make sure like i know who is who yeah and you know the the main people i need to keep up with for everybody else if they want to keep up they can try to contact me and and you know keep in my circle but if you're not seeing yourself as a part of my circle i won't know you exist for the most part, you know, and it's not to look like a bougie situation, but really the reality the reality of the situation is you can't keep up with more than 100 or 200 people. That's the, that's a real saying. Like, I don't know who did the study. I can't really tell you at the moment, but there is a study that said um, you can't really, like, connect with individually more than 200 people. And I think even if it's not accurate, it's somewhere about there, like, and even really, two hundred is a lot too. Two hundred is a lot. So, given that, um, you just have to try your best to remember who you can remember from your childhood to your high school to your even if you know somebody from your your basic school level. You know what I mean? Like, you just got to keep up with people that you care about, and you know, make sure everybody is okay. Um, so what happened for me, unfortunately, was. I lost a grand uncle, which was the last remaining member of my grandfather's like siblings. You know, he was the last sibling of my grandfather, and all of them, you know, were unfortunately they passed years before, and we were trying to, you know, bubble wrap him as as you would say, you know, trying to make sure he was the one taken care of because everybody, he was like the adopted father for everyone now because he didn't have any kids and so that that loss really took a toll on us and then 
there was this one friend of ours that also he owned a restaurant and very kind guy um remember back in the day he would give us a he gave us a whole car like that's how kind this person had a restaurant and every time we go there you know we had a business friendship relationship type and we would go there for, to do some kind of work and he would offer free food and you know things like that and this is how i remember people like their kindness and just in the break of covid like we had an opportunity when everything was you know the the, the restrictions were slightly being lifted we had an opportunity to go check up on people and we he was one of the person that we tried to check up on and unfortunately they said um so you know they burst the door open and it was like oh where is so and so john doe and they said um you know he's 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 not the manager he's not running this business no more he's not the owner anymore there's a new owner and so my father was saying oh so what happened and he's like oh he didn't you know he he died of covid and i think that took you know that hit hit him very hard i mean it hit me very hard we were in disbelief for like a while and that's usually the process of course disbelief you know yeah and then yeah. that's a funny thing too right like even a lot of people even for myself like people finding out that you know someone's gone you know yeah when you probably just saw him like you know like a month ago you can see them like a day before or an hour before that's just the way life works and you just never really know and i think just because of that we have to you know live with a certain level of um appreciation with every second that life gives you know yeah and the funny thing is, too, now it's not just people dying, too. It's, like, everyone that's been affected job-wise, especially job us. Yes. Like even us have been affected by it. More so you than me because, you know, I still my security's been up since beginning of COVID, so I haven't been out of work. Right. But we're, even in the security, it's kind of iffy, too. So um, with work, though... um. I would say it's a weird situation. I know it's it's not the same. It's definitely not the same. Well, whatever shifted in the in the in the time that it shifted, I think a lot of things. Um, a lot of I don't know if I maybe I um, you know I guess you'd say turn up the hustle. Maybe I did, or maybe subconsciously, or maybe things just started flowing a lot better. But I think the need because there is no shows going on, no performances going on anywhere. I'm not required to do any shoots, pop up at any events or anything like that. Like this year, I was supposed to be a part of the the hip hop film fest, hip hop festival. I mean, I'm I'm kind of getting it all confused because I was I was with the um, film festival one year in Brooklyn. So this year, I was supposed to be on um, the hip hop festival in I believe it's Harlem. And I think that got postponed. Well, not not postponed. That got um, you know, pushed back or something. They went on a live, but I wasn't. I wasn't feeling the live. Sometimes you don't feel alive. Sometimes you feel alive. You know, it's it's a new thing now. We we don't really know what's gonna happen. How we will react to it. Technical difficulties can be like a throw off in a situation where, you know, you're trying to hear quality and you know somebody's Wi-Fi is in and out or something. You tend yeah. to you tend to just have like a, a bad experience. It remind me um one of the cringeworthy um things that we talked. There was a sh uh, that rap not was it rap? It was like music with Swizz and um Timberland, and they had um Whoa. I, what's his name on it? <laughs> I remember now. Teddy Riley them, and there was some technical difficulties and things like that are happening a lot. They were just like the poster child for the technical difficulties on live, but this is happening on a lot of streams right now in in, in this COVID season, and we just keep it rolling. You know, I, I was on one last week, and the guy just the connection got disconnected like two times, and he was just. He hopped back in the car and the lady was in the middle of a conversation when he vanished off the screen and she just had this little awkward look in her face. And I'm like, oh, it's no. like, oh, where's where'd he go? Where'd he go? And they just <laughs> pop up, right? He just popped right back up. And it's like, oh my God. But then she kind of just like stopped talking. And then it's like she forget 
that people are in the comment section waiting to hear the story and it's like a it's a distracting thing because if you could just keep the story going we'll all hear it even if he gets cut off right what's going to happen is that um he's in the comment section listening until it gets reconnected and or if you keep talking when the when the when the, you know the time expires you can always um go back to it you can watch it as the finished product you know what i mean and and check where you missed out or anything at all like it's a show it's still a show we just have to learn how to be more it's not like how the network is where you know we 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 pre-record stuff now we gotta keep it rolling on a live platform with me we, we have to learn how to be more scripted in an unscripted environment you know what i mean yeah and that's funny too because even I was supposed to come down to the States to do a couple of things, do a, like two shows. Yeah. One, one in New York. And I think I told you about that one. And then there's another one in Arizona. Wow. That's, that's a lot of movement right there. Arizona is not near. No, it's not at all. But I wasn't even considering going to Arizona till one of my, one of my artists right. told me like, Hey, like, you know, I got this person over there and they're telling me like, this is the hot spot to go to in their state so let's go there for one show let's do something with him and then you know covid hit damn like that's it's it, it's funny because like the like we knew like this shit was gonna come but we didn't know when yeah but i remember when this when all the instagram posts and stuff were coming out for covid in china yeah it, it went it went really fast they said it you know exponential rate it doubled as you hear about it it keeps doubling it went from Two to two to four to six to eight, and it went from fifty to a hundred and a hundred to five hundred. It kept going higher and higher. Yeah. Yep. And the funny thing about it was, I remember back in December when I first started seeing videos come from come from China about it or somewhere. In Asia, right? I think it was China. Yeah. But. They were like me and my brother were literally sitting on the couch having a beer and making fun of it. <laughs> I guess we're like, that we're was... like, ha ha ha! That's not gonna cut. That's not gonna hit. That's not anyway. gonna hit. Yeah, we we tend to be more, um, especially in the first world country, we tend to feel like we're invincible or we're not susceptible to certain, um, because we got something. We we have the perception in our mind that we have one of the best healthcare in the world or anything of that sort. So. We have a certain invincibility to us, and even um, of um, a certain culture in the Caribbean as well. We believe our diets make us make us invincible. invincible. <laughs> you know, where where do we get that from? We don't know. I don't even know where we get that from because it's funny too that you mentioned that because I remember when my dad started moving back down there, and he's down there still, right? Yeah. So he it, when he first saw it, he was laughing at it too. He's like, "Ha, that's fucking the ha ha ha. That's China's problem. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> that ain't coming. That ain't coming to the Caribbean. That come here. We go beat it out. <laughs> that's what we thought. Boy, we were we wrong. We were wrong. We're wrong as hell. <laughs> <laughs> but on a on a you know back to the topic at hand, I feel like with all that that happened. It made me a lot more. I, f- I found that because there was no show, a lot of people reached out to me. A lot of people reached out to me because everybody wants to keep their Instagram and their, you know, websites going, their their clothing brands, and all of that. So a lot of people have reached out and pushed a lot of work into. Now is the time, the opportunity you have to utilize your social media because most people are at home watching and they don't want to watch cable a lot of people don't want to watch cable nobody really wants to watch news because the news is really depressing true story yep very (laughs) so we tend to just like select our people subscribe to you know we could talk about people who select only fans but that's a whole other story that's a whole (laughs) other story that's a whole other episode if we want to go we find things to subscribe to to our likings, whether it be YouTube, whether it be the OnlyFans, whether it be the Netflix, whether it be the, um, we find our own likings, you know, um, and we try to create a bubble of comfort in these times. 
Yeah, you know, and so, so I'm, I'm behind the laptop. I did more work this year than I've did I've, than I've done any other year before, and I'm not sure if it's because the you know they say that the the, the repetition or the name exceeds the legend. I, yes, I call myself a legend. I'm patting myself on the back. But yeah, you are a legend though. <laughs> So I don't know if it's because the the name exceeds a legend, or is it because of this void that's being needing to fill in in the industry, and people are trying to take advantage of it wherever they can get it from, you know, by hitting up as many people as many people to like, you know, get edits done, work done. You know what I'm saying? Like everything. So that's funny too because now that COVID is you know here and we're in lockdown and everything and then now in canada's kind of changed like things are starting to open up there's more opportunities besides you know doing everything online yeah so for example like during covid you know i just been in at the computer making beats hitting out beats selling beats and even doing mixing and mastering for other artists yeah and and that's funny and that's another thing too like i wasn't getting this much work for beats and for mixing and mastering before covid so i still I, I feel like it's the same void they're trying to fill like everybody they want to have music going out while everybody's sitting home and they have their attention at this moment before there's a show like a coachella or a, a, you know a billboards fest that pop up out of nowhere and take everybody's attention away now we don't even have as much sports going on now they're trying to do this virtual sports but even a couple of weeks before before the virtual anything, there was a real void to be filled. You know. Yep. Now I feel like businesses are trying to re-evaluate um, their um, relevance and 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 f- figuring out like how to move with the times and opportunity. You know, being a more opportunistic um, like entity. Yeah, and especially right now in <laughs> both our industries, right? You do videography and music, and I just do music alone. So. <laughs> Now, everyone is just kind of on the same playing field. Like, all the big record labels, they can't do shows no more. They can't. They, they can't do shows anywhere. They can't do it in Canada. They can't do it in Europe. They can't do it in, uh, you know, the States. They can't do, go anywhere with a show. So, the way I see it is they have the same platform, but they don't have the same crowd. So, it's still, that's the difference now. So, you have, each individual have the access to their own audience and it only varies if you um like put somebody on to you know you know maybe like an instagram live you're live in my live and i click in the corner of the screen and i see your name and i can see your page or something like that but that's how you put like people on you can cross fan base mix them in and intertwine building a network or unity you know family yeah and especially right now what artists are doing now too especially what I've learned so far is like now that everyone's looking at it as the same playing field, everyone's kind of copying everyone, everyone's platform, like what they're doing and then apply it to themselves too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been a, um, a very interesting couple of months, you know? Yeah. Especially very, for me and you. <laughs> very, very interesting. Um, I would say, um, I've been blessed to have had the opportunity to have a project that I've done being for, um, you know, um, on Forbes and, you know, even like graphics that I've done that, that made it to like hip hop. Um, what's, what's that website? Hip hop news. I don't remember if that's the name of it. Um, but you know, like for, for scrappy, for little scrappy from MTV love and hip hop, that was a, you know, a very good few minutes in the COVID season. So it helps to, you know, boost your endorphins a little bit with some wins and, you know, keep us smiling, you know, keep you smiling, keep you pushing, um, stay motivated is a very important tactics right now in this season. Yeah. And, and then right now too, like, especially on the artist's side. Yeah. Like, I don't see like, I don't see anyone doing any like anything different for a little bit for like a little bit. The artist, yeah, artist wise, like I don't see anyone doing anything different. Like, 
so far I haven't yet. So far it's just been rec- record, put it out. It's get mostly as many people to it. It's mostly the creative people that's taking advantage right now. I think, um, like you said, it's the visuals people that are doing a lot of work. Um, it's the audio people that are, you know, for those who stay at home, like a Jim Jones that records in his home until a studio is open again. He has to record it and send it to his producer, and his producer is gonna mix it. Situations like that is where we um we come into play because we don't have to move. The only time I have to move is unless I have to shoot. And I'm lucky for me, I'm flexible, so I don't have to always shoot. I can edit and I could, you know, I can, you know, mix or whatever, you know. Um I can write. There's a lot of things I've done. I've done a few music single covers sitting in the house. You don't have to, and this is I want to say people who have this like certain set of skills and they they don't know how to they should try to figure out how to use it while they're inside because it doesn't it, it shouldn't take COVID for you to figure out that you have skills that are untapped you know yeah and that's funny too that like a lot of people that I have talked to they're kind of like oh you know like before COVID I wasn't I was doing it this way and now that I'm doing it this way during COVID is working a lot better and at that point, that's where you got to raise eyebrows of that person because, like, you know you have something good. You know you have the skills to do it. Why weren't you applying yourself so much more before COVID? Yeah. It, it, it's just, um, it, you need to, people need to, I want to say people, people need to just apply themselves. And I hope this is a wake-up call. I've watched people on lives talk about, like, you know, who are not coming out of this COVID season as um champions i mean like if you never if you weren't going to school if you weren't sending yourself back to class if you weren't like self-teaching yourself you know what i mean if you're not being self-taught about anything new it it becomes like what what were you doing with all that time do you need you're getting a lot of people right now are getting government funds to sustain them while they stay inside you're getting paid to stay inside i know it's not a lot for most people but Still, it should be enough for you to eat and figure out what your next move is until you can get out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the funny thing is, too, now that you mentioned the government pay, I don't know if this is happening in the States, but I know in Canada it's happening. Mm-hmm. They could, Obviously, people are people. They're going to take advantage of that whole system, right? Yeah. So a lot of people now in Canada that they're going back to work. I know that some people are going back to work in the States, too just don't know in what fields yeah. but the canadian government's been really cracking down on people who have been taking advantage of the system right and they find out through the employers so you're gonna see the government all governments who have been giving out like money back to people yeah they're gonna be broke for a little bit and then all of a sudden you're gonna see these people come out with more debt than they probably already had or did not have. Well, that's an interesting theory. I guess we'll have to see how that play out, really. You know, we could say, hey, you called it. We're going to be here on um, the grid. You know what I mean? Keys to the grid, KTTG. And we'll be able to tell you that we called that first. So we oh. got uh, Nick is over here with the crystal ball. Well, well, I'm always <laughs> telling the future. I get, I I got little theories and I got a little bit of truth. <laughs> really and truly just figuring out which one's the theory, which one's the truth. That last one was a theory. But theory. what's the truth is in the industry right now, especially music industry right now, you don't major labels are saying that they're probably not gonna do anything like anything show wise till mm-hmm. 2022 or 2023 why because the biggest market is the states and europe and europe and europe biggest the biggest right now where are most of the major labels they're in the yeah. states i guess so um i've seen um b i've seen a few like um just go on live and just do like but for some weird reason i think it gave us an opportunity to to see where our weak points were. Like, 
Unfo- no, fortunately for somebody like Takashi that just got out of prison and he was hitting two million on Instagram, there was a lot of big labels and big like big companies, big names, big radio brands that were just streaming the average of like two hundred. And I'm like, what's going on here? Like, you know, it it doesn't mean that they're not reaching a wide range of people, a vast community. I just think not all of them are reachable via Instagram, you know, it's scattered and a lot of people tune into their radios. So it's like, for example, you have a grandfather, you might flip the radio on and listen to a favorite radio station and then they go live on Instagram. You know, you just missed him from your connected audience. You probably have more millennials sitting in and maybe some people in their forties and fifties, you know? Yeah. They're probably listening to you on the radio. And then when you go live, you don't have that gravity to that audience. Yeah, so you just you just dissected your your reach by a certain number, and um, it's not a bad thing to reach out to a separate group. I just think um, they now have they they now know what's the weak link in their in their reach. You know what I mean? And they can work on that. Yeah, and that's a funny thing too because especially now, since the beginning of COVID till now, it's for my following, my following's gone up. And here's the thing. You know me. I'm the type of person to talk to everybody. Right. So before COVID, I was talking to talking to a whole bunch of random people, whether artists, producers, or just the average Joe that I just saw something do pretty funny or they seem like a cool person. Right. So before, not a lot of people were following me or not a lot of people were like, even paying attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then now it's different. It's like everyone now is like, okay, I got to go find something new to look at, something interesting. So then my following's gone up a little bit. See, it's, it's a subconscious need to network that is suddenly um, before, right? Before, people were very antisocial on social media, which is weird. Like, I'm telling you this from a personal experience. I've had people that I didn't add. I didn't find them. They find me. And they follow me and we follow each other. And then they'll post something. And, you know, just being a, um, being very sociable, I might comment on it. No negativity. No, no, just, just a regular, you know, maybe a LOL or, or something. Just say something funny. And then to see if the person responds. Sometimes I do that to test the connection. Are we just following each other? Are we trying to connect here and see where, Maybe we can have a business connection in the future because I'm always on the hunt for like new business partners, new ideas, new, you know, people with new ideas, you know what I mean? Yeah. In general. So I would reach out and I will just watch like some people that like not respond or somebody that respond once and then somebody that just, I'm not a groupie, first of all. I do this and I own up to it. I, um, I think people who, who shy away from doing this, are somewhat bougie and i guess if you're if you're in a if you're in a position where you have people that's constantly finding you reaching out to you then it can be annoying but i'm not allowing you know the world to dictate who i want to reach who want i want to reach me i reach out to who i want to reach out to you know what i mean i i think i set my pace i set my bubble i put whatever i want in it and out of it and that's where i approach a situation differently numbers yeah. have nothing to do with how many people you talk to because you could have a hundred thousand i have friends with a hundred and something thousand and i'm one of the main people that they talk to and they don't talk to a lot of people and this is just you selecting your groups and um they say they say um you're five closest friends are a reflection of who you are and i think that says a lot because if you look around and the people and if you're hanging with you know let's just say people that are doing drugs if you're one in five person and everybody's doing drugs you're probably going to start doing it or you're selling it to them one or the two i feel like you know and and it kind of just it you, you're tied into the group you're a part of the group for a reason whether you're aware of it or not so i select people to put around me at all times i don't let it blow in like the wind and a leaf you know 
Yeah, and you just kind of go with the wind. But social media is so weird. People are not sociable, or wasn't what they weren't as sociable. They're still not, but they're still they they weren't as sociable until they were forced to stay inside and find happiness. Yeah, and, and that's mine. And that's a very funny part, which I agree with, because even before COVID, people weren't social, but a lot of people now are a lot more social. But yeah. there's still those few people that don't know how to talk to people. Yeah. But, you know, this is a part of humanity. We can't please everybody. We can't make everybody happy. I think the the, the wiser person in any situation is a person that, know there's a chance this person might be a little bit of an ass and then you just have to roll with it. But it doesn't mean you have to take crap from them. It just means being the more intellectual person, they're going to be um, more likely to be an animal of instinct and you're going to be more of a, a person in control. So if you see an argument, not because you're invited to an argument, mean you should join, you know what I mean? Yeah. I could. I tend to decide... I've had I have serious conversations with people that I have no common interest with that I don't share views with, you know? Yeah, and it's just about and and I think we sometimes have established that like we we acknowledge each other's differences and we just pick at each other's like intelligence to like figure out what what leads to your chain of thought you know or what leads to my chain of thought and we try to exchange con you know contrast to better understand what drives us apart altogether. Yeah. And I think, and you know, it's funny too. Like I have, are not only people, random people messaging me, but artists are the worst for messaging. Not all, but there are some, you know, the ones between the cracks that just don't know how to message. <laughs> and there, and what they basically do is all they do is like, oh hi, my name is so and so. Yeah, here's my music. That's that's the old way to do. That's really spam. Whether you're greedy, that's or that's spam. But at the same time, it's like if someone sends me that shit, I just look at it. If the uh, then I look at their profile. If the person seems interesting, then I'll listen to their music. You know what people tend to overlook right now is the fact that Instagram gives you access to voice notes. Like you don't have to. People feel like you have to put a paragraph together now. You can just say what you want to say in a voice note and. I feel like it's a very unique approach. I don't know if it's more effective, but I've done it and I've, um, I've had feedback. I've gotten responses like, for example, that artist um, that made music with Sean Paul, Left Side. He's a good creative, very creative um, producer. I remember the first time I followed him, I really, I know his music a long time ago, but I'm, I'm very, like I say, I choose who I put in my circle and I choose who I don't put in my circle. And I'm not one to just, follow everything that's blue check on Instagram. But I felt like I need to see what, if I like your stuff, I like what you do, I'll tolerate and I'll follow you and I'll interact. And we had, you know, I was on his live when the verses was done with Bounty and Beanie and there was his manager, Bounty's manager, there was some DJ Delano, there was one of Sean Paul's old manager. I there was a lot of people sitting in on the live and we were just interacting a bunch of us was interacting and i remember after that we just like i sent him a few voice notes you know as much as i i sent texts as well but like i remember sending him voice notes and interacting and he would just sit there playing it and responding and to the point where if he had like a song and i was like oh you should get a clean version for this and he's like or you know a, a, a topic about something he posts and he's like, you think I should delete it? And I'm like, no, don't delete it. You sugarcoat and everything for the world don't really make it better. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's so interesting that we can have that. We He didn't know me and we were just trying to build. I think people resonate more with hearing than reading. Yeah. And that's funny too, because even I've tried that a couple times on some even big artists in Toronto. Yeah. And mind you, like some guys in Toronto, they're either really tunnel vision and business, 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 or they'll sit down and talk to you type of thing and get to know you and pick at your brain. 
Now, not all. Now, most of the guys I talk to on there that are big in Toronto or have a decent following in Toronto, yeah, they just pick out my brain because, well, as everyone, as I told you, like how everyone looks at me is, you know, the white, the white boy that says he's from the Caribbean. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. people pick out my brain. It's like, is this guy really from the Caribbean? Is he authentic? Yeah. So they just pick and pick and pick until the point where they get the information they want. And then they're like, okay, is this guy a really cool guy? Or what does he want? Try to make sure you're not like um, Adele or Chet Hanks. Chet Hanks. Tom Hanks, son. Adele's on a whole different level. She is on a whole different level. I saw um, yesterday, was it? When did uh, Monica and Brandy go on live? I think it was yesterday. Yeah. She was in the comment section saying, uh, Wagwan, you look good, girl. And then then I think they had um, pictures of her going um, viral with the the Caribbean, like with a Jamaican um, bra or whatever that top on with some kind of carnival outfit altogether. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's funny because, yo, most of these artists now, they're trying to tap into the Caribbean culture. Adele is one of them. And there's a couple of hip hop artists that are trying to get in in on it now. And that's just I found that really funny. I think it's funny. A lot of people feel like I I, I resonate with the Caribbean culture because we're of the Caribbean, so we feel we don't look at culture the way I think people in the United States, for example, look at culture. And I don't know where else in the world. I don't know if they do it in Canada. But I know in this country where they have a lot of, for example, cancel culture, and, and you know they they they're quick to call culture appropriating, and I understand, I understand. We're not going on that topic, but I think because we are we we grow a little bit differently in the Caribbean, we're all one island, one culture, one people. We don't see um, skin out there. No. You know, it's like we're cousins. And that's funny, too, because in every island, there's different ideologies and different types of problems within the country. And it's funny that once we get out, and this is something my grandfather was telling me the other day, it's like once we get out of the Caribbean and we actually explore the rest of the world, it becomes, you feel weird about it at first. And then once you realize it's like, okay, they're like, Canada and the United States, they're melting pots. Like every culture is in there, every religion is in there. But everyone so, has their own beliefs, you know. They're kind of different. I feel like there's they people that leave from United States, from the Bronx, especially people that I know, and they visit Canada. They think Canada is heaven. Like they went to Canada, and they talk about how everything is just clean and beautiful, and people are polite. I think if they ever met a shark in Canada, the shark might get him a ride back to shore. I don't even know where people got, uh, you know, Canada is the nicest place in the world. I don't even know that. I just know motherfuckers up here that are just like, yo, give me your your shit type of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know where they get them. I guess because you live there long enough, but people who visit always have a visitor's experience. True. You know, I think if you come to, you know, New York, you might have a visitor's experience. Based on the people just hear your accent, they hear you know various things that just give you away, and they just feel like you know, maybe this one don't need to get the harsh reality that we live in. Let's treat him nice, give him a warm welcome. Oh, but knowing me, I think I'll get it, I'll think I've got a punch to the teeth to the teeth or something. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> it's not that serious here, I don't think so. I mean, the only thing you don't do is say something that's offensive to person, like a person's like you know. Or, or oh, something, like, something you know, that you wouldn't say to yourself. Something you wouldn't say to yourself, basically, exactly. And I think you'll be all right. You know, a lot of people are very thin-skinned in the world. It's not just one place, and we tend to what I, I see society tend to put things or pin things on a group. It's not any. It's not a group. People are so randomized. There's seven billion people in the world, and counting because. There is, you know, a theory that it's closer to eight billion going nine somewhere down the line, and it is going to keep getting. The number is going to keep doubling, and it's going to be 
difference in people. We got to we got to figure out with all the world government, we have to figure out how to accommodate all these various groups of people with whatever they want to be and whatever they want to title themselves as and all of that. They're going to have to deal with the reality and stop, you know, being resisting a resisting force to everybody. Nah. Or we could just start building building shit underground and call ourselves small people. <laughs> well, you know, it comes to a point where the underground gets full, and then you're gonna be fighting for somebody else's mole hole. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna wear um, what do you call it? You ever seen them post-apocalyptic movies where they wear car tires on their body and shit like that? Oh, like Mad Max. <laughs> oh my God. Mad Max. There was a there was a new one to it, right? Yep. <laughs> Uh, Danny, what's it? No, what's his name from from the James Bond film? I forgot his name. I don't remember his name either, but I know exactly what you're talking about. I almost said Daniel Radcliffe, but it's not. It's it's not him. It's it's just the older guy. Uh, I forgot his name. I don't but remember it. Is he British? I think he's British as well. But he was a James Bond, one of the recent James Bond, and um, I think he was in a Mad Max film. I think it was the most recent one. Yeah. But yeah, um, shit, when it comes to that, we we deal with that when we cross that bridge. Oh, that's, you know, that's when all the water and shit goes away, right? (laughs) Well, you know, who's going to be around if we can't take showers? I think we're going to be social distancing automatically. (laughs) Just from the smell. Just the smell. What is that? You know what? Let's, you just stay over there. Oh uh, no, I cannot. This has been too crazy. I need my shower. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um. Did we cover all we have to cover for this episode? Is there any void that we left untouched? Let us know. Oh. And you know we're not afraid to get on some other topics, so you could just send it to us. Dom's Instagram, my Instagram is Nick underscore Give underscore. You could send ideas there or over to Dom. And um, I got in my Instagram is Don Dom four one one or Domini Arts D O M I N I Y E. ARTS. I think there's an underscore in between each. There's an underscore between each. I remember. M I N underscore I Y E underscore arts. Yeah, um, I did that to separate it because people read it differently and they read it weirdly. <laughs> and I know I didn't spell E Y E as I. I spell I Y E, so it can look confusing. I just want it to be different. Um, so what? thank you guys for listening in Um, tune in again next week we will be touching on a new topic we can't tell you right now but we'll tell you when you get here other than that I hope everyone has a good day and stay safe stay COVID free